Welcome to the Courage Rising Podcast. I am Genevieve, and I am dedicated to shining a light on women's stories of empowering themselves through struggle, hardship, and pain, and creating beautiful lives of purpose, passion, and love, showing us what it means to truly thrive after trauma. Each week, I release a new interview with women showing great courage in sharing their stories. To connect with the Courage Rising community on an even deeper level, join the free Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Courage Rising podcast. Thank you for joining us where stories change lives. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Courage Rising podcast. This week, I am interviewing Brie Boucher, who is a soul alignment coach using a lot of gorgeous modalities. She uses NLP, hypnotherapy, EFT, timeline therapy. She's life coach trained, and she's now starting the Soul Modes Mentorship with Carly Marie. Um, So just a fantastic, fantastic healer we have here. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us, Brie. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. I love that you um, pronounced my like last name in like the French way. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> uh, as an Australian, we like to say voucher. Oh, <laughs> so <my> very... <laughs> but I love that you went there because I pretend sometimes I'm a bit fancy. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I should totally ask ahead of time. I didn't even think of that. Um, That's right, because like, yeah, there's going to be differences. Oh, that's so funny. Voucher. Okay, free voucher. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, awesome. So um, I'd love to first sort of talk about... um, what your life looks like now and what um, what thriving means to you. Yeah, sure. Um, so as you said in the um, introduction, I'm a um, soul alignment coach. So what that looks like for me at the moment is, um, you know, I'm working from home. Um, I am, you know, working with clients, um, you know, as frequently as I can. I have, you know, group programs and, I um, work one-on-one, but yeah, so a lot of my day is um, sort of surrounded by um, helping other people to like step into their purpose and to grow. Um, And then, you know, in my day-to-day, it's sort of like just, um, you know, being with my partner and my dogs and my cat and, um, you know, just hanging out and doing that sort of stuff. So I think thriving is about, really connecting with like yourself and identifying you know what what lights you up and what um what you're sort of called to do and what you're passionate about and just actually going after it um you know thriving is is really just doing what you feel you know called to do and like what yeah what you love oh I love that so much doing what you feel called to do right because it's gonna be different for every single person yeah, exactly. That's it. Awesome. So yeah, for the um, for this podcast, like we're sharing stories of um, struggle or hardship or what we've been through. 
um, because people who you know are still sort of stuck in the middle of that or going through something hard, it can be really inspiring to hear stories from other people who've been there or experienced yeah. something similar. Um, and so I'd love to hear a little bit about your story of sort of what you've gone through um, in your life. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what I guess, um, you know, where I've, I feel like I've transformed in these last two years um, has really come from me sort of settling into like who I am and like starting to connect more with like my feminine energy and not so much in like the masculine. Um, so, you know, I, I've gone full time in this, this um, business that I have now as of like this year. Um, but for sure, like over the, the course of my life, I've been very kind of focused and career orientated and like focused on, you know, doing the things and like, you know, sort of climbing the ladder, but, you know, slowly. <laughs> um, and I found myself two years ago in a position where, um, you know, I was in like a high level position in, a, in an organization. I worked for a not-for-profit organization and I was a general manager. Um, I managed, you know, uh, a property, uh, a lodge, basically, where children would come to to visit and and stay when they were visiting um, Canberra, where I'm from in Australia. And you know they would come and visit and stay with us. But I would I was managing that property and I was managing a bunch of people. And what happened for me to sort of like basically completely transform who I am um, and like what I stand for is that. I was, um, I was in a position where I was starting to like feel out of balance and feel like really stressed. Um, but I wasn't aware of that happening like in my body and I wasn't, um, I didn't realize, you know, what was going on. And so, you know, my, my colleagues were finding, you know, the way I behaved towards them really quite confronting. Um, and it all culminated, culminated, I can't say the word, culminated into, <laughs> into um, about two years ago, not far from two years from now, um, I was stood down in my position. So I was stood down for a period of time while an investigation was being kind of um, sort of like taken place around my behaviour and how I was treating people. And what so you does can imagine, stood down mean? Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. So stood down is basically, um, you know, you're relieved of your duties, you know, you're, you're on leave um, and, um, you know, you may or may not be paid um, during that time while, you know, something's happening. So you haven't been fired, but, you know, you're like potentially one step away from being fired and let go. Yeah. So um, as you can imagine, that was like a big wake up call for me. And something that I was sort of a little bit in shock that I had kind of gotten to that place um, because whenever I, you know, like meet people and um, people that know me well would say like, that's so out of character, you know, like why would you, people, so I was, um, you know, allegedly being called a bully, you know, so um, the word bully was sort of used and, and intimidation and, and things like that. And those, those words, you know, for people that know me well, um, or even, you know, people that find, you know, come across me on the street or whatever, my energy just generally doesn't kind of 
flow that way. I'm very like calm and um, kind and gentle in my nature. And so um, I, I was I was shocked to be in that position, but also not surprised in some ways because like I could tell my behavior was starting to get out of control and like I was unraveling. Um, and so um, I had about four weeks off while, you know, everything was kind of playing out. And that allowed me to um, sort of like take stock of my life and look at where I was and try and like, not even try. So like establish what it was that I wanted to do moving forward, you know, like, cause you could come back. So I went back into that workplace. Um, I was, you know, throughout the investigation, um, the conversations, you know, that we had were that people wanted me to come back and to be changed. And so I came, I, I also came back with the, the right sort of um, perspective that I wanted to transform. I wanted to change my behaviors and be a different person um, with my colleagues. And that often doesn't happen. You know, sometimes you don't even get that second chance. And, and sometimes that happens. Um, and so people don't actually take the steps they need to, to, to basically evolve. Um, so I came back and, and it was absolutely, you know, it was what I needed at the time, but it was also very, very difficult, um, you know, coming back and people sort of perhaps expecting me not to have changed and, you know, holding me to the old standard. Um, whereas I was, you know, pushing, you know, like my positive energy even more so. Um, so that sort of like played out for about a year and, um, or, you know, six months to a year. And I, you know, I knew that I was coming back to kind of like evolve, but at the, at the end of it, I'd realized that I wasn't in a position, like my job was not the, the job that I was meant to be doing anymore. Um, you know, up until that point, I, like I said before, I had so much, um, you know, stock in being, <clears throat> being in a position that I was in and, and doing the job that I was doing, but I'd gotten there, like, just because I'd sort of just moved, you know, one step forward, been given a p particular position, which led to another position and, and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, I found myself um, realizing that this was not for me anymore. And over that time, I'd sort of developed you know, different connections to things. So um, it wasn't until I started like collecting crystals that I started to like dip my toe into a little bit of the woo-woo side of things. And mm -hmm. I hadn't been in that space, you know, since I was a child, like since I was a teenager. Um, you know, I think most teenagers go through a bit of a witchy phase. <laughs> um, and so I hadn't really been in that space for you know, like half my life pretty much. And yeah, so I started, you know, collecting crystals. Um, and one of the people that I um, bought some crystals off gave me a deck of Oracle cards, um, which I actually have with me now. It's the Light Your, Work Your Light Oracle deck by Rebecca Campbell. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, I love that deck so much. And it means so much to me because of what this signifies. So, um, she gave me the deck and like I said I hadn't done it that sort of thing for like 15 plus years probably 20 
And um, I just, I pulled a card out and the card that I pulled out was um, an image of like an archway and, um, you know, kind of like lightning in the background. Things were crumbling around it. And it was actually, the card was actually called The Crumbling. And so it was, yeah, so it was really quite an intense card for me to pull at the time. And I, like, she could look at me and she knew my energy was, like, off. And, um, you know, she gave me a bit of a smudging and kind of, like, balanced me before I left the room sort of thing. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so pulling that card because it, that was at the time when I'd returned to work and things were difficult because like I said before, people were kind of like, you know, not necessarily trusting that I had changed or that I wanted to change. And so um, that card really signified for me the, the idea that, you know, things were crumbling, but you put yourself back together and you take those, um, you know, like from, from breakdown like from a breakdown to the stage you can either just like push through that and um you know have it be who you are or you can rebuild and like restart you know like your life basically from that point which is what I did and and that was sort of like my starting point like I said um and yeah. then this is where I'm at now <laughs> wow I love that you're sharing this. It's really brave, you know, to share, especially when we know like we've done things in the past that we're not proud of or yeah. that we knew we had to change. It's like owning that and sharing that. I mean, that's incredibly brave. So I just want, yeah. want to say thank you for that because there's so, I mean, none of us have been without, you know, doing something that or being a certain way um, where, you know, we aren't exactly 100% proud of it and so it's mm. just a message that I think reaches every single one of us yeah well, thank you um definitely um probably before this year I wouldn't have been as comfortable sharing you know this um I do I do know that part of my calling is to talk more about this and so this is why I wanted to be you know talking to you today about it because this is my first like um step to openly kind of, you know, out to the world, tell people what I went through, because yeah. I'm sure there's other people that have been like labeled a bully in the past and haven't felt like it, you know, really rang true with who they, who they are. Um, and maybe, and still, I feel like the stigma of the, of the term, you know, I'm still quite delicate. If someone was to jokingly call me a bully, I feel really like that's, that's really hurtful. Yeah. Um, so I know that like part of my um, repair, like repairing myself and like repairing old wounds um, is to start to share this more and to, um, yeah, be, be sort of an inspiration to other people that are going through this. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what, how would you explain sort of how that felt? Um, coming out of that like being called a bully and having to go back to work like what what like emotions did that bring up for you yeah so um I definitely was quite very vulnerable and I was choose but I was choosing to do that um you know like I I really got deep into some Brene Brown <laughs> um yeah. and um really connected in with the power of vulnerability 
um, which is like a TED talk that she has put onto like an audible um, book. I definitely recommend that for anyone that wants to tap into that more. Um, but because I was so like open and like choosing to be open, I was really, and this is actually really good for me because of like how I work now and I'm quite intuitive, but I was really open to other people's energy and like how they were bringing their energy into my space and like what I wasn't permitting. So, you know, there was, you know, one of the people that I was working with wasn't giving me as much rope as other people. And so I could feel that energy and I knew that I needed to push, like I needed to set the standard and to really show her that, you know, things were changing and that, um, you know, I was actually really grateful and thankful for the being exposed to that, you know, side of my, of myself. Um, but absolutely it was very difficult. Um, you know, like I would, I used to actually track my moods. Um, and so I actually had like a visible, um, like I color in different colors per mood per day in a month. So I could actually see, you know, when I was really low and I would, you know, journal about that and um, really see, um, yeah, how I was feeling and, and, and work with that. I was quite lucky as part of my return to work process they actually gave me a life uh, a, well she was a leadership coach and so she was there to sort of like support me in being a, a better leader um which was amazing for me to be able to be given that but it's what it's what made me realize I needed to be a coach as well and that you know like that was basically you know where things started to to change for me um Okay. Yeah. yeah so, I, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I was just going to say, I can't really put my hand, like my fingers on the exact yeah. emotions I was feeling other than just feeling really like exposed and open and raw. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. That makes so, so much sense. Um, right. Mm -hmm. Cause there's, there's like that shame sort of, um, that gets attached yeah. to that. Right. And so that's how we feel like that, that vulnerability when we're like, now I have to come back, right? And we have to face the yeah. same people. So yeah. that's incredibly brave. And Brene Brown, oh my goodness, yes, all everything by her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So um so what sort of um what do you think led you to this point of this um this happening in your life? Like where where do you think like this dynamic sort of came from and how do you feel like you were led here? Mm. I think that um, what was happening for me was that I wasn't listening to my intuition. I'd stopped at some point, um, stopped listening to that, um, stopped following like what lit me up and just, um, you know, as I was talking at the start, talk, like talking about like the masculine energy and, you know, in corporate that tends to be very strong. And so I was getting caught up in like I actually said that I would wear a mask and my mask was quite masculine and um, I was sort of trying to keep up with all the, the men in the organisation um, because both of like the big career kind of um, moments in my life have been very masculine and, and um, dominated by men. And so I was modelling myself off, you know, majority of the time off um, a man 
and so um, it wasn't it wasn't true. It wasn't truly me. It wasn't um, genuine. It wasn't authentic. It wasn't all of those words. And um, yeah, it sort of it meant that I I was out of alignment. I was I was just not being who I was. Um, I think if I look back to like um, childhood um, and something similar came up, you know, not similar in the sense that, you know, I wasn't a leader, (laughs) but I was, I was, um, I was being, you know, like most children go through this, but you, you know, like I was being bullied as well as a child um, by boys and girls. And um, what would often happen is, um, you know, someone, a, a new girl would arrive into like the the group. Um, so we lived, I grew up in a um, small country town. Um, so it was pretty rare for new people to kind of arrive, but, um, you know, someone in particular sort of, um, you know, a new person joined the group and she was from the city. So she was very different. Um, and instead of like people bullying me or other people in our friend group, they then latched onto this girl. And I had a choice basically, did I want to be her friend and like, and protect her? Or do I want to be part of like the actual core group and the one that was sort of bullying her? And I remember like quite clearly, my dad said to me once, um, one day that if I let them do what they were doing then I was a bully as well and that really stuck with me um and I do I don't remember bullying her specifically but I do remember not um not stopping it and then at that point when my dad said that to me I I realized I had a choice and I made the choice to be her friend and whatever that meant with other people it didn't matter um but ultimately like people started to bring her into the friend group after that point because I was accepting of her um and so you know like for me like the word bully like I said before has a big um it's quite significant for me because it goes back to childhood and most of the time people you know are connected to it because they've been bullied and that's the you know they they can't see Um, the other side of um, being labelled a bully is very difficult when you don't see that as like your true nature. Um, But that doesn't mean that the behaviour was okay either, you know, because um, it definitely isn't. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so, you know, like over the course of um, my career, you know, that potentially showed up a few times just, you know, through my, um, my perfectionism wanting things to be you know other people to be as good as I was in certain things and really like you know hitting a standard that I wanted to them to hit because it was my you know like I had such high expectations of myself and I actually would you know require that of other people um particularly if they were like you know um someone that I managed or um supervised and so I think that just kept manifesting for me um, you know, over and over again. Yeah. yeah. 
I love that. I love that you're sharing this so much. This is something I've been really fascinated about because I, I feel like, and you're, you're totally displaying this perfectly. I feel like, like, bull, like bullies, and I totally agree, the charge around the word bully is so extreme. It's so significant, mm. right? Where it's like, it's just, um, it's just another way of us sort of like, uh, projecting our emotions and whatnot, like what actually yeah. falls under the category of bully, right, is, is actually quite a, a big category and not very yeah. clearly defined either. Mm -hmm. um, but I really find that people who are, find themselves to be victims of bullying are also the ones who end up, the, who simultaneously are engaging in like being both victims and being the ones on the other side of bullying as well. It's like, there's never yeah. like somebody who's just this person who's just going around bullying, right? It's often people who have really been victimized in that way. And then maybe are, have learned that in their own like self-talk, right? And then that's yeah. just sort of this projection of what's coming outside of them, right? And so mm -hmm. the way you're talking about that, how like you, you've been like a perfectionist and you've really demanded that of other people as well right it's like you know, it's not like you're doing that on purpose right it's just sort of this like natural reflection of what's going on yeah inside of you and so when did you how did you is that what helped you notice sort of like how you were demanding um of yourself as well oh for sure yes yeah definitely um prior to that i think a lot of people do this where they um they actually have the word, like they see themselves as perfectionists and it's like a positive thing. Um, so pri prior to that, I was like, I'm a perfectionist. Like I get things perfect. But, you know, now I realize that like when you're a perfectionist, you don't actually ever complete stuff. <laughs> and if you do, you've done it. You've like been like really stressed about it and really, um, you know, unkind to yourself by trying to like create something that seems perfect to you and most of the time you know like if you just put it out three months before um people would be like that's perfect to me you know like because there's no there's really no such thing as perfect because something is you know is perfect to you might not be perfect to someone else and vice versa so um, absolutely, like, it was one of the things that I identified in myself. So part of, like, my um, process and, like, my method that I created for myself and also for my clients in discovering your purpose was to start with, like, reviewing, like, where, who are you right now and where have you come? And, like, that is some of the most profound ways to um, really dig deep into, like, what's going on for you because you can't you can't like dream big until you know where you're at and and what's led you here and so by looking looking back you know if it's like one month at a time maybe it's a year at a time or maybe it's your whole timeline and looking back in chunks and seeing you know patterns of behavior and things that keep coming up over and over again um and seeing like how you've dealt with them have you just gone ah oh, it doesn't matter like moving on and it comes up again or have you um taken that sign from the universe or you know whoever you believe in and um made a change with it um and so it took yeah it took 
me to be at that stage um, two years ago. Um, but it, it wasn't really like two years ago isn't when things happened. It's, it takes time, you know. It was in October. I went back to work in November. Um, and then I um, had some time off again because of um, summer holidays here. And then I went back to work in February the following year. And it took me, I think, you know, a few, like three months after that to really dig, dig into it. Um, I was doing things like personality tests to sort of get some insight in like who I was, see if it rang true and um, stuff like that really helped me establish, yeah, who I am and um, where I wanted to go. I love that so much. I'm a huge personality test nerd as well. So yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. But yeah. I wanted to back to something you said. This is so good. This is so, so important, I think. Right. So you talked about how perfectionist, right? That's like a positive term. But when you describe perfectionism, right, it's almost like you're bullying yourself, right? Yeah. Like honestly. And what does that say about our culture, right? That like the way that we treat other people would be called bullying. While when we treat ourselves the same way, we call it perfectionism, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. our culture. Like that's literally how far down we have self-love, right? We're not mm. we're not taught self-love. We're not encouraged to, to love ourselves. I mean, it, it's now becoming a trend, I could say, in popular culture. But I mean, it's still something that we all struggle with so much and we're learning and is very new, um, I think generationally as well. But man, like, what does that say? You know, like our words, they carry so much weight. And the fact that that's the case, just, I feel like points to that even more. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I love that you raised that. I definitely got like tingles when you were saying, <laughs> um, saying that about like, we're bullying ourselves when we're, you know, establishing um, doing that sort of perfectionism, um, perfect, perfectionistic behavior. Um, it definitely is that, you know, pro even procrastination, which is a, you know, a, a tool to be perfection, um, to be a perfectionist, even procrastination is a form of bullying with yourself because you're not letting yourself do something because you're having conversations about, oh, that's not, you know, not good enough we're going to just let that you know sit there for a bit and be distracted by something else and it just um yeah I mean that's it's such a it's such a good I'm really glad that you kind of um brought those two things together um because it's certainly so many people I think there's a lot of a lot more perfectionists out there than we realize um <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if mostly everyone is in some way um and it until you can kind of let go of like I call myself a recovering perfectionist um because every now and then I might just sort of like drop into some um behaviors that um slow myself down but um I at least I know what I'm doing now to myself <laughs> Absolutely. Right. The awareness is so key and so huge. Yeah. 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 You're right. It's like, it's all about how we talk to ourselves. Mm. Um, that's so true. And so I love that you're bringing up 
um, and this, this is coming up in all the interviews, of course, it's mm -hmm. right. Like there's a huge focus on like getting to know yourself, right? Like getting mm -hmm. to know who you really are, because yeah. I feel like that's just such a huge part of the self-love journey. It's like, we got to figure out what we're actually loving. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. So what has that um, process been like for you? You said you started with like the personality testing and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear more about that process. Mm. Um, so as I was saying, like I've, I've kind of created a bit of a method for, you know, to like teach people to find their purpose and to like, essentially when you find your purpose, you find yourself, you know, like that's, that's how I believe um, purpose is and purpose for me, how I believe um, it to be is that it actually evolves. So your purpose right now is, is the purpose that you're meant to be doing right now, but you might have like a higher self or, a, um, you know, next level version of you that, that they have a slightly different purpose. And, and the purpose that you're on right now is what you need to do to get to that next, next stage. Um, so I think that purpose keeps evolving because if we're doing life right, then we're, we are actually keeping, you know, evolving. Um, so for me, um, like the method starts with um, reflecting and reviewing, like I was saying, and, um, you know, working out like where we've been. Um, decluttering is actually something that um, I find is really important to do at the start because you allow like more space in your mind once you declutter you know you can be decluttering you know physically and starting to like remove the clutter around you um or you can be decluttering like mentally or you know technology and stuff like that and that will just give you space to start to like have inspiration hit and then after you know those two first two phases um we would go into like dreaming and doing so like allowing ourselves to daydream and to like um, dream of stuff that, you know, like might seem a little bit crazy, but if it's popping into our mind, then we need to like explore that. Um, and we did, we do that so well as children, you know, like um, some people, you know, were allowed to daydream. I was, I was allowed to daydream as a child and I, you know, really thrived in that. But um, some people have been sort of like told that that's a waste of time and, um, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, like it's not what you should be doing. And so even though I've, you know, have that <clears throat> positive background about um, daydreaming, I wasn't really doing it anymore. And so really connecting back into like the possibilities of, um, you know, what's in my future. And then, you know, starting to actually do something about those. Um, so vision boards, are, like you can see behind me, <laughs> are really important for me because they're sort of like a visual representation of how I want my life to like evolve. <clears throat> and then, you know, starting to like take the next steps and, and actually do, do the things that we want to do. And then um, the last two phases around... Um, being in tune and in like um sort of having insight so you know we've done all the pre-work and we've kind of like explored some options but now we're like tuning into like ourselves and our soul and really connecting with our intuition and um i guess allowing 
ourselves to like listen and explore you know what comes through um and kind of yeah from that we can start to like actually take some steps forward towards that purpose that we we find that we want to have um come into our life and um I know that Carly Marie talks about them as like breadcrumbs you know follow the breadcrumbs um and because it might seem really you know unrelated but once you start taking those like steps forward um things start to sort of materialize and become a lot clearer for you so yeah that works for me anyway (laughs) yeah yeah oh that's beautiful I love that so much and I think it's so important because of what you're saying about how our purpose evolves um right like in our and I think we probably all we evolve right like who we are evolves and so actually taking that action and actually starting to go after it right I think that's something that a lot of us are afraid of doing, but it's because we think like we haven't gotten it right yet. Right. And we're like Mm -hmm. waiting for like the perfect thing and the perfect moment and the perfect everything. Again, going to perfectionism, which I didn't even realize. (laughs) Um, But it's like, we're waiting for like the one thing when it's like, no, Mm -hmm. like we're probably going to have like 18,000 different purposes in our life. Like, so we should just be doing it, right? And the more we're doing yeah. it and we don't need it to be perfect, the more than we're ready for the next thing and then we're ready for the next thing and we're ready for the next mm. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, how I see all of that is, um, you know, not fearing failure and acknowledge, like noticing that or understanding that failure there's like there isn't a thing like value doesn't exist it's all about learning from you know the opportunity that's been presented to you and if it's only called failure if you do nothing with it you know it if it sort of is staying in that moment and you're like when you label it a failure you're letting it be something bigger than it needs to be when actually it's just a teaching moment for you to expand from yeah absolutely (laughs) I love that taking all we're like sucking the life like at the marrow out of the bone out of every single moment we have right yeah and yes help guide us yeah 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 that's gorgeous um (laughs) so if somebody wanted to um work with you or was interested in learning more about what you do um, so the work that you do, it's like one-on-one sessions. Are you, what sort of work are you open to taking on right now? Yeah. Um, so I, yes, I do quite a few different um, services. So I do have um, one-on-one like coaching packages um, where we can do like a three-month or a six-month kind of like program and just really kind of work with what you need at the time. Um, I also do like one-off sessions where we just go deep on something. Um, so my like my approach is very intuitive and um, really def- you know defined by what the client needs at the time. So even if we've got like a, a six-month contra- um, contract and, and package together, and it was you know around a particular subject when we originally talked, that's going to evolve 
and they're going to need something different from me at any given time. Um, and so that's sort of how I approach all of my, my work. Um, I have, you know, intuitive readings um, with Oracle cards for 20 minutes and that's just like a really quick, you know, hit of, um, of a download and just inspiration for them um, all the way through to like six-month um, packages. And then I also do um, courses, you know, as, as sort of the inspiration hits, I'll release something um, and I'm actually about to launch a membership um, program as well. So that's coming out soon um, and that one's called Alchemy Academy. Um, so it'll have like a theme cool. once a month. Um, yeah, it's very cool. Um, it's going to have a theme once a month um, and I think the first month's going to be about um, our soul path journey, which is like I was talking about with that timeline kind of thing that we go through the same, sometimes we have patterns and we go through the same kind of story over and over again. Um, so yeah, definitely go into that a little bit more detail, but um, yeah, it's the, the plan is to sort of launch that in November and um, have guests um, speakers in there as well um, every month or every couple of months just to see how it goes but that's the uh, that's the plan for for now and um, but if you if you want to connect with me I'm on Instagram at um, the Brie Boucher um, I'm on Facebook Brie Boucher and my website's breboucher.com as well awesome you said on Instagram it's at the the Brie Boucher yeah okay yeah. And Brie Boucher is B-R-E-E-B-O-U-C-H-E-R. That's it. Awesome. Um, cool. And then one last thing. So on your journey, what would you say um, has been, um, what is one thing that has been uh, the most helpful for you on your self-love journey? Mm. Like if you were talking think, to somebody right now who is sort of in it and needed um, and needed help remembering to love themselves again. Yeah. Okay. I think um, so. I I followed those breadcrumbs, and um, you know, like I was saying before, it was like picking up the crystals, which led me to oracle cards, which led me to read certain books, and I could just it broadened my horizon um and so from from those things I've been able to like get to know myself better which meant that I am able to I suppose treat myself in a in a different way and, and really connect into like my feminine energy more um I you know, I'm where I'm at now, you know, like my, my current kind of obsession is soul modes. So, you know, being able to like recognize, um, you know, at any given time, what mode I'm in um, really helps me to like tap into what I need right now. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with um, soul modes, each we have four cups um, that we need to fill. So not one big cup. We have four, you know, as women, we have four cups. And so, um whenever we fill one cup, we then move into the next mode. And so um, being able to identify in each mode what we need right now um, in order to kind of like move through to the next one and the next one. And just by um, 
by connecting into those energies um, or those modes, we're able to really connect into our soul. And like anytime we're following our soul, then we're going to be able to fill up our cup and, um, and yeah, just really be true to ourselves. I love that. It sounds like you're really saying like in every moment to our to allow ourselves or even in like little moments or whatnot to allow ourselves to be intuitively led and to choose that, yeah. right? Choose yeah. that yeah. little by little until we get to where we're going. Mm, definitely. It's not like it's yeah. not overwhelming. It's not like this huge thing. It's like all you got to do is like one step at a time, like choose you. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love how you put that. <laughs> I love that you said that. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Bree. I really appreciate you being on with us. Thank you so much. I love this chat. Thank you. Yay. And if you want to connect with Bree, again, her um, socials are at the Bree Boucher on Instagram.com. On Facebook, it's Bree Boucher. And her website is BreeBoucher.com. That's it. <laughs> thank you. you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us at the Courage Rising podcast, where stories change lives. And don't forget to check out our free Facebook community at facebook.com slash groups slash Courage Rising podcast. See you next week, my loves.